God didn't give them your vision. Mama can't see what you can see. Your husband can't see what you can see. And it is not your job to try and convince them that your dreams are valid. It is your job to lean into your universe-given, source-given, God-given potential and the idea that you have in your heart. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the show. Uh, This isn't the point of today's episode, but I did get a really cute manicure, which if you're watching on YouTube, you still can't see because the camera. Now, just imagine, if you will, that it's like a French tip, but the tips, instead of being white, are Easter colors. It's like spring, like a light green, light blue, light pink, like purple, light blue. And it's making me really happy today. And you know what? I'm looking for whatever kind of happy I can get in my life right now. So I'm going to count these nails as one of the things to be joyful over. Typically, When I am coming up for concepts for the podcast, when I'm doing episodes by myself, I am either taking direction from something that maybe one of y'all sent in, maybe it was you called into the hotline, which by the way, call into the hotline so we can make more episodes of Ask Rach. If you're not familiar with the podcast hotline, it's literally an old school answering machine, so you can call and leave me a message. The number is 737 400 4626 and that number is also in show notes if you want to grab it there but you can leave a message anonymously you can leave your name you can do it however you want to but a lot of times I'll get inspiration for episodes of the show from the hotline sometimes I get inspiration from people on my team so one of the members of my team will tell me that they're really struggling with something and ask for advice and then I'll give it and like this literally just happened yesterday. And in giving it, I'm like, oh, that's a really good episode topic. And without talking about that specific person, I should definitely turn this into something because maybe it'll help you guys too. Today's episode of the show is not inspired by anybody but me. I am a little mushy in my brain right now because I'm on deadline for a book. It is due at the end of the month. And if you're like, wait a minute, you told us that last month, you're right. But last month, my family went through some trauma and some turmoil. So I obviously took a break from work and took a break from writing and am now back into finalizing my book. And that means that I have big inspiration for today's episode because it's something that I'm currently living out in my very real life. And that is finishing the fucking project. This feels big enough and important enough to use a cuss word today in not only this conversation, but also in the title of this episode, because this is not necessarily a conversation for someone who's just working on whatever your average project. Yes, there are absolutely tips for today that will help you finish no matter where you are. But who I really want to make this episode for is anyone who finds themselves in the midst of a project that just feels like it will not end. Maybe you've been trying to finish your first novel for six years. Maybe you have been writing songs and coming up with music and you need to find the courage to put it out in the world. Maybe you're launching a new brand or a new business and you just like, you just can't seem to finish. That's what we're gonna talk about today. We're going to talk about how to finish 
the mother effing project. So that one, you can experience that feeling of like, oh my gosh, it's done. It's done. It's finally done. And you don't know what's going to happen to it. And you don't know, will people love it? Will people hate it? Will nobody care at all? Right now, that doesn't even matter. Right now, what matters is that it's done. Because you're never going to know what it could be or what you could be if you don't just keep the promise that you've made to yourself and complete the thing that you need to complete. So the first thing I want you to hear me say is it is very normal to procrastinate when something is hard and chances are if you're working on a big project personally or professionally, it's freaking hard. So super normal to procrastinate. It's also super normal to be in the midst of a project and fantasize about starting another one. Or maybe you're not even fantasizing. Maybe you're in the midst of a project and then you're like, oh no, wait, this is a better idea for my book. And you started writing that one. And then in the midst of that one, you were like, oh wait, no, this is an idea. This is the better way to go. I heard it described once years ago at a book conference. Another author said that being halfway finished with a book is like when you've been married for 50 years to the same woman. This was a woman telling the story, but this sounds terrible, but just go with me. She was like, imagine that you're an old man and you've been married for 50 years to the same woman and all of a sudden you see Scarlett Johansson. And Scarlett Johansson walks by and you were like, oh my gosh, ScarJo is so beautiful. Her body is banging. I bet she would be so much better for me and I would have such a happier life if I just went over there with ScarJo. And then you go... You go to be with Scarlett Johansson, lucky you, and then you get there and you realize, oh, Scarlett Johansson is also just a human being and we're still going to have issues even though she's beautiful and it's still going to be hard because marriage is hard. The point is the project you're currently working on is your wife in this scenario and Scarlett Johansson is every other project that tantalizes you and makes you believe that it'll be better for you if you just switch what you're doing. And I want you to hear me say right now, it will not be better for you. It will not be. You are going to find yourself in the exact same position. Let me just speak to the writers for a minute. How many of you have written half a book or half a screenplay or half a short story or half a children's book or half, half, half? I had 20 halves before I ever had my first completed manuscript, 20. Which means I could have allegedly had 10 whole books, same amount of work, same amount of words, but I put them into new projects again and again and again. And it was only after I got over this psychological hump of to quit quitting, basically, to stop giving up and to push through the slog and to push through the suck you know, I got the tattoo on my wrist that says embrace the suck, which is what you're going to have to do to get to the other side of this. I will tell you no BS. Literally three days ago, I sat on the back patio with my boyfriend and cried my eyeballs out about what a terrible writer I am and how shitty this book is and how I want to help meet people. But if I'm this bad of a writer, I'll never be able to help people. And I, a full spiral. Y'all, because I am within 10,000 words of being done, which is when I start to freak out and I'm like, why did I even try? Number one, yes, I did start my period the next day. Okay, so I was hormonal. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has been there where you're like, my life is falling apart. Everything is terrible. I am the worst human alive. And then you start bleeding and you're like, oh, okay, it was just my uterus. But secondly, I want to say that so you understand that me... And you, you can think I'm a great writer. You can think I'm terrible. You could have never read anything I've written. But I have sold millions of books. Millions. I've written a crap ton of books. I've sold a ton of books. So in terms of having clout in this particular area, I've got some. And even I have tried to talk myself out of finishing this book 15 times. Literally. I'm probably, you know, for the last 15 months, every time my period draws nigh, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I should just stop. I don't need to do this. I, nobody is asking. I just, what am I even trying? It's a lot. And it is a psychological hurdle that you are going to have to push past in order 
to have this work completed. But the coolest freaking thing happens when you can push past this barrier, you will always remember that you've done it before. That is what keeps me going in this moment. That's why for years I wrote half books and then just kept quitting and then felt shame and disappointment in myself because I never finished the work that I was doing. And it was only after I got to the end of my very first manuscript that I finally had that particular tool in my toolbox. That particular tool is tenacity. It's grit. It's a willingness to keep going, to, to not give up when it gets hard. Because every goal that you have, every dream that you can imagine, every like vision that you see of your future, that you're like, oh, if I could have that, man, I feel like I would be such a healthier person. If I could get to this, then I would be such a better daddy. If I could do this particular thing, then I would be better able to take care of my mom. If I could do this, if I could do every single one of those visions, every single thing that you see in the future is on the other side of hard. That's just real. If that's just real, let's you and I commit right now to no more BS. No more talking ourselves out of it. Yes, you have every valid excuse in the entire world, but just for right now, we're not going to listen to those. Right now, we're going to commit to finishing. And if you want to finish, there's so much information on the internet, like a thousand YouTube videos, and I'm sure a bunch of podcasts that you can listen to, but these are my six tips, six ideas and this is an order. Usually I'm just throwing a bunch of different ideas at you and maybe one will be helpful. Today I'm actually giving you a sequential order of what you need to do next to finish the mother effing project. Okay, let's go. The coffee's working. It's really working today and I'm digging it. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Okay, the first thing that I want you to do is go back to the energy that you had at the beginning of this project. Go back to the vibration of what you were putting out and taking in from the universe, from God, from source, from your imagination, your heart, whatever. I want you to go back and tap into that feeling. I'm sure you guys have seen like memes or Pinterest quotes or stuff on the internet that's like, you know, whenever you want to quit, remember why you started. And yes, it sounds like a schmaltzy thing that we put on bumper stickers, but it is legit. You were operating at a certain vibrational level. And I think you guys, if you're listening to me, you understand what vibration means. But just in case you're brand new to this and you haven't really learned much yet about vibration and energy, I just want you to think of a really quick example. When you encounter someone that is super stressed out or super pissed off or having a terrible day or they're in a really bad mood, even if they say nothing to you, you can feel that something's wrong with their energy before they ever speak. 
On the same side, if you've ever encountered someone, even if it's a stranger and they are having the best day, they're laughing, you can just tell like they're smiling, there's sunshine, like coming out of their pores, even if they say nothing to you, even if you never talk to this person, you can feel that their energy is very different than the person who's having a really bad day. So that's your vibration. It's the level that energetically your body, your spirit, your soul is vibrating at at any given moment. That's why you'll see t-shirts and signs and things that say raise your vibe or good vibes only or, you know, the concept of like aiming for people or wanting to be around people that have higher vibrational levels. It doesn't mean that we all won't encounter moments in low vibration spent a lot of time in the last month in low vibration because of external circumstances that I couldn't control. So my vibration was much lower, but being conscious of vibration is so helpful in every area of our life, but particularly in a moment where you're trying to find the motivation to do something. When you are super, like when you are vibrating with excitement over a project that you're starting, when you have a really good idea and you're like, oh my gosh, if I could pull this off, this would be so amazing. If I could get to work with someone like that, it would be so incredible. When you have that kind of excited energy, you feel it in every pore of your body. And so what I want you to do as you start the process of finishing is to close your eyes and tap back in to what it felt like in the beginning. Because chances are, if you're not finishing yet, it's because you have fallen out of that vibrational level when it comes to this particular project. It's why it's always going to be simpler to start another project because you can tap into the excited energy again. But what you need to do is bring that excited energy back into what you're doing. And the best way I know how to do that, this sounds like something you heard a million times before, it doesn't make it any less true. The best way I know how to do that is to remember your why. Why do you want to finish this project? Why? What does this represent? What does this mean to you? What will happen if you finally finish? What will happen if you get this thing done? What will happen to your confidence level? What will happen to your career? What will happen to just possibility? Just hope? Just how much would this simple thing flip the script on the way you've currently been existing? Finishing a big project that's taking you a really long time has some incredible emotional boosts to it. And maybe you don't know the incredible emotional boosts that are on the other side of finishing this project because you've never done it before. So I need you to go back in and tap into why. And when you're tapping into why, I don't want you to just think about it. I want you to see it. I want you to incorporate this into a meditative practice, into prayer, into some moment in your day where you close your eyes. If you need it, I sometimes will put on music. Like I have, I don't know why, but long ago I was on an airplane and I was listening to Coldplay and Viva La Vida came on. I think I've told you guys this story before. Viva La Vida came on and I was imagining like my future. I think airplanes are a great place to do this. But I was looking out the window. I had Viva La Vida on such a nice beat. And I was imagining my future. I was just imagining a world where I felt better, where I had more energy, where I was healthy and whole and healed, where I could take care of my kids, where I could do work that really mattered. I was just imagining all of these things in my head and Viva La Vida was playing. And then I began to, it like made me feel so good that I started to use that song every single time I would meditate. Every time I would visualize my future, I'd turn on that song. And as a really beautiful, like full circle moment for me, a couple years ago, I was at a concert. I was at like a group concert where lots of different people perform and Coldplay was the headliner. It's called Global Citizen. It's like all of this huge place in Central Park and there's like thousands upon thousands, thousands of people. It's just crazy. And they're all just like in this giant park. But there was a certain area that you got to be if you were an artist or a celebrity or whatever. So we were with friends and we got to hang out in this area that was right by the stage. And I had my two oldest sons with me. This was a couple years ago. So they're like 15 and 13. 
and we're standing in this group of frankly musical artists who are all watching Coldplay <laughs> but who are all equally very impressive and my boys are there and we're all just living our best lives jumping up and down and all of a sudden Viva La Vida comes on and I have this like out of body deja vu crazy moment and I will never forget this like watching my two boys have this experience that I could never the childhood I grew up with is so different than anything that they are experiencing especially in this moment and they're jumping up and down and laughing and like singing every word to that song it was the most magical moment but it was also like oh my gosh I did it now when I was visualizing I was never visualizing that particular thing but I realized I was living the kind of life that I would have dreamed about living when I was imagining things to that song the reason I tell you all that story is because a visualization comes with emotion Visualization comes with emotion and emotion is always what keeps us going or makes us quit. Your emotion and the emotional attachments you have to the why, that's what's going to keep you going. And the best way I know to ignite that kind of thing is to see it like a movie in your mind. So if you need music, great. If you need to go on Pinterest and make a vision board, I love that for you. If you wanna scroll Instagram and see people who have achieved a similar thing to what you've achieved, if that can hype you up instead of stressing you out or making you compare, go do it. But what you've gotta start with is what is going to happen to my life when this thing is done? Even if you're making it up, even if you're like, when I am done with this novel, I'm going to become rich and famous and Aquaman is definitely going to want to make out with me. It literally doesn't even matter if it's so outrageous. All that matters is that you can see it in your mind and that you have an emotional response to it. I, I mean, yeah, do I want, I mean, I'm in a very happy, committed relationship, but if I was single, Aquaman would be my number one pick, just so we're all clear. That's neither here nor there. The point is I need you to tap into your why. And not only that, but if you can get a great visual going, if you can create some kind of cue, like a song, I love a song because you got like three minutes. That's all you need to commit is three minutes of imagination, seeing your goal, getting yourself super fired up, and then you begin your project. But before we begin a project, we have a couple, five more things that you need to do. So the first thing you're going to do is tap back into your why and visualize it. The second thing that you're going to do is give yourself a deadline. Boom deadline now perhaps you've read my books maybe you've hung out with me on the show before and you're like reach you always say that you don't give yourself a deadline you always say that you you know will work on dreams for decades and you're totally right you're totally right i have dreams that i am in i'm decades in on the process and i am positive they will come to fruition but i'm not rushing them i believe god and the universe have a plan i believe i'm walking down a path and i'm headed in the right direction i don't give myself a deadline for dreams like that but for this for finishing the effing project you are going to give yourself a deadline because if you didn't need a deadline it would already be done I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much 
at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So when I say that I don't give myself a deadline, it'll be against a dream, right? It'll be against something big, like someday I want to direct a film. That's ballsy. That's crazy. Who do I think I am exactly? I would love to direct a film. I am so freaking far away from that. Do you know how far? I'm so far away. You're like, oh, I didn't know you went to film school. I didn't, but I, nope, no idea. But I feel pretty confident I'd just be darling at it. I feel like I'm a storyteller, I'm a visual, I've run companies for you, I can handle the chaos of a set. I feel like that. Have I ever been on a movie set? No. <laughs> so a dream like that is crazy. That might take me 20 more years, I have no idea. But it's a dream that I have that I don't rush. But the projects that I need to complete, if we're using Girl Stop Apologizing, if you've read that book or listened to it, that book's all about goals. And if you've read it, you'll hear me talk about starting with the end in mind and backing up from there. And along the way, I do these things called mile markers, which are projects along the way that have to be completed in order for you to someday experience the magic of the dream that you have. So the mile markers for me, the projects, those have to have a deadline. Because otherwise, my dream just keeps scooting further and further into the future. So I need you to figure out a deadline. I need you to look at your life right now and ask how much time you really can commit to this. How much time is it going to take? Maybe when you really look at it, you're like, oh, I, I need 10 hours, right? And so maybe that's one day where you just mainline a bunch of espresso and you get it done. Maybe you're like, no, this is going to take three months. Maybe when you look at it, you realize, oh my gosh, I've been making a mountain out of a molehill this is totally achievable. I can have it done by Sunday. But I need you to give yourself a deadline and give yourself a deadline that's challenging. This isn't the moment where you're like, yeah, but how do I fit it into? Nope. This isn't the moment where you're like, yes, but I'm also working on these three other projects. Nope. This is the time you want to finish this specific project Then it has to take precedence in your life. That doesn't mean you stop feeding your children or loving your partner, but maybe that means you sacrifice a little sleep. Maybe you get up at five o'clock in the morning so you can get a couple hours in before the kids get up. Maybe you got to work after they go to sleep. Maybe you use your lunch break to work on the dream. I don't know what it is, but I do know that the longer you take to finish the project, the less likely it is that you will ever finish. So I need you to give yourself a deadline. And if you want to up the ante on the deadline, Give yourself accountability. Someone in your life that you can tell the deadline to and be very specific. Do not ask for accountability from someone who's never finished anything. 
do not ask for accountability from someone who's not in this field, has never done this thing, and already is speaking negativity into your life. Be smart about this. Maybe the accountability is you tell your online community, guys, I'm finishing this book by Tuesday, come hell or high water. Maybe you tell you know, someone at work, someone that you admire. So for me, when I need to force a deadline on myself, I'll tell my agents. So in uh, the media business or the book business or the world podcast, the world that I'm inside of, there are people who represent you in the business and they're the ones who like pitch your projects and get your contract signed and do all, and they're like super high level, very fancy, very smart. They've got a hundred other clients that they gotta worry about. I am forever like small, you know, tiny fish in a big sea of big fish. So you better believe I am never telling one of my team, one of my agents that I'm going to have something done unless it's going to be done because I respect them. And frankly, I want them to respect me because I'm sure I have a daddy complex. And so I will... In fact, I will find myself hesitating to even tell my agents I'm working on something until it's done or until it's close to done because I know if they know that it'll force me to move faster. So give yourself a deadline. Give yourself some accountability. The third thing that you are going to do once you tap into your why, once you give yourself a deadline is plan. You're going to make a plan. You have to have a plan, bro. How are you going to finish this if you don't? So what I would love for you to think of, you've given yourself a deadline, which means that you know the amount of time until that deadline is up. For me, my book is due at the end of the month. So I know exactly how many days are left before the end of the month. And I know that I want to spend a week with a just a quick, rough, very rough edit of the completed manuscript before I turn it in. So I know how many days I have left to write and I know how many days I want for editing. So that helps me to back up and go, okay, well, how many words a day do I need to write in order to hit the deadline I'm trying to make? Every project that you've got, every single one, if you plan it out, can be chunked into smaller bite-sized pieces. And I think there are two ways to approach planning. Maybe you've got your own, and if you've got your own, that's fabulous. Do it, work it, love it, live that life. For me, I either do, I literally wrote the words big ass chunking, meaning sometimes I'll get so frustrated with how long a project is taking, this typically happens with writing, that I will sit down, And let's say I've 100% done this where I've had like 20,000 words left. And let's say I've been writing 1,000 words a day. I'll be like, I have 20,000 words left. I'm going to finish this in three days. I'm going to do, you know, 6,500 words a day, 7,000 words a day. I'm going to get it done. And those three days are brutal. I, you know, I feel like I get arthritis. I feel like I get carpal tunnel. My back hurts. My head is mush. It's a terrible way to live. It's not something that I suggest, but it helps me get to that finished piece. Because if I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times, a project is not made great on the first pass. Your project is made great through refinement and editing but you can't get to the refinement and the editing until you finish. So for instance, with a book, let's say you're writing a fiction book. A fiction book, your first book, you wanna put it out there, it's required, it's 90,000 words, unless you're writing in a category for younger kids or whatever. Most of the time, you wanna write a novel, it's gonna need to be 90,000 words. And what most people will do, whether it's writing a book or anything else, is they'll do one chapter, they'll do one podcast episode, they'll do one social media post, they'll do one painting, and then they'll obsess over that one tiny thing. They'll keep reworking it, reworking it, reworking it. They'll never finish the project. They'll never put their one thing out into the world. They'll just keep reworking that one thing and telling themselves that they're making traction. But they're not making traction because they're never getting past the first mile. So if I want to finish something, if I want the opportunity, the, the luxury, the privilege of getting to make something better, I must get to the finish line first. 
I must, and so must you. So for me, there are times where it makes more sense to do big ass chunking, knock it all out really fast, and then really work in detail on the refinement. The second way that you can do it, and this is a lot better for your sanity and your emotions and life and all of it, is to take the deadline and divide by how many days you have left or maybe how many hours you have left to work against hitting that goal. So let's say you want to launch an Instagram account for your project. I, this is on my mind because we're about to launch an Instagram for just the podcast. Hey, I'll let you guys know when it's up, but we really want something that can just be about podcast episodes and this community. And frankly, I kind of want to use my Instagram to just do like fun life things and like, I don't know, cute outfits or something and not have to have it be so like official. That's neither here nor there. Let's say you want to launch a social media, you want to do a TikTok or an Instagram or YouTube to help your brand. Well, if you want to do that, there's lots of ways you can go about it. You could right now start an Instagram feed, but I wouldn't suggest it. I've been in the media business for over a decade. And so I can tell you for sure that the best thing you could do if you wanted to start something like that is to spend some time planning, spend some time dreaming about what's the point of this feed? What's the intention behind it? What do we want it to look like or feel like? How often are we gonna show up? How often are we gonna post? And once I know that, let's say I'm like, okay, well we, and I know this because this is what we're working on, the Instagram for the podcast is going to have a minimum of three to four posts every single week. Okay, well, now that we know that, we definitely want to launch the Instagram and already have it in a flow state. We want it to, to be working and everything's going the way that it should. And if that's the case, then how much content do we need to have in the can, meaning completely done and ready to go out in the world? How much content do we need to have in the can before we launch this feed. So I'm making this up. Let's say we want to do three posts a week. And I think just to be safe, we should have six weeks already ready to go. Because with podcasts, you record them in advance. So technically, you could create the social content for it before it happens. So six weeks, three posts a week. Let's all do the math together. That's 18 pieces of content that we need to have fully done before we ever launch the thing. If I know that I need 18 pieces of content, then I can do the math and say, well, on average, it I'm making this up again, obviously. It takes me an hour to come up with a fully baked social media post. When I use Canva and I write the words and I do the thing, it takes me an hour. 18 posts, each one takes an hour. It's going to take me, allegedly, 18 hours roughly, let's make it fair, let's give myself a little wiggle room, let's say 20 hours. It will take me 20 hours to get to the goal that I have. Now, what was my deadline? Maybe my deadline was two weeks from now. So okay, you got 20 hours of the next two weeks, where are you gonna find them? Are you gonna find them in big ass chunks? Are you gonna find them in bite-sized pieces? Or maybe you need to adjust the deadline when you realize how much time it's going to take. But what I'm trying to get at is that you need a plan. I was watching an old keynote of James Clear who wrote Atomic Habits and he said, you can increase your odds of success two to three X. So you are, let's just go higher and say you are three X more likely, three times more likely to succeed at what you are doing by having one thing, just one, a plan. So it doesn't even have to be a good plan. It doesn't even have to be a plan that you know for sure is gonna work. But if you wake up every day and you're like, yep, I gotta give one hour to this project because that's my plan, you are so much more likely to get where you're going. All right, the fourth thing that you've gotta do is when you sit down to work on this project, zero distractions. You can have zero distractions, you must Shut the internet off on your computer. Put on do not disturb on your phone. You can't get text messages. You can't get pop-ups. You can't get any of it. Right now when I'm writing my book, no nothing, nothing, nothing. No internet access, nothing. So oftentimes when I'm writing, I'll wanna make a point or maybe I'm using a word and I just wanna double check that it means what I think it means. In the past, I would go Google that word. But if I'm really trying to hit a deadline, I'm really trying to get my word count, I will put what I think it is and then highlight it just right there in 
the paragraph that I'm writing, I'll highlight that sentence, which will remind me in the edit to go back and check. Because if I get distracted by going to Google, well, when I go to Google, then I see something else. And then, oh, and there's an email. And then it takes way too long. If, if To effectively finish, you want to be as much as possible inside of a flow state. And a flow state exists for a lot of reasons. You can watch a video about it. But a flow state exists if you stay doing the thing that you're doing. So you want to limit every distraction that you can. It's There's a reason that most of my early books were written at five o'clock in the morning. It's because everyone in my house was asleep. It's because it was dark. There were no distractions. I didn't have anybody needing me to make them a sandwich. I didn't have anybody needing me to, you know, get them out the door for school yet. I didn't have, you know, a partner who was frustrated that I was trying to work on this project and like passive aggressively, you know, saying stuff about what I was doing, which absolutely affects your motivation and your vibration. I didn't have any of that at 5 a.m. There's a reason. And if you want to dig a deeper dive on this, uh, there's an older book, but a very good book by, wait for it, it's called Deep Work, and it's by Ka Cal Newsom. That sounds right. Something like that. The book's called Deep Work, and it has a crap ton of reviews on Amazon, so if you went to grab it, I'm sure you, you won't be confused. Deep Work essentially requires you to like go laser focus on what you're doing and it's a great book and you should totally read it but not right now because <laughs> what a lot of people do is they'll listen to a podcast like this or watch a youtube video or sit in front of a keynote speaker get super inspired by what they're saying but then they'll write down a book that they need to read and they'll go read the book on how to finish instead of just finishing. It's just one more distraction. It's just one more piece of procrastination. It's procrastination gift wrapped in knowledge or purpose. Like we can come up with all these excuses for why we need to read this book right now instead of doing the work. You need to do the work. Do the work, finish the project, then read this book and get some more info for the next time you have a project. But you have got to shut off distraction just for the time that you have committed to doing this thing. The fifth thing that I'm gonna tell you to do is kind of going back to the idea of accountability. And I'm gonna give you two paths here. In the times that you are not working on your project and you wanna hang out or interact or consume content from other people, there are two options. You either hang out with high achievers with finishers, with people who have done the thing that you are trying to do, or you hang out alone, period. Only while you are doing this project, only while you are doing this project, because vibration is a thing. And if you are working so hard to train for your first marathon, and you've got three and a half more weeks until the big race, and the person you keep hanging out with is your partner or your mama or your sister or your best friend who's not a runner, who's never challenged themselves in any kind of physical endurance, who silently sabotages you or passive aggressively makes you feel bad for doing this thing. You need to stay in the vibrational state of why, remember? And if you go hang out with someone who's so disconnected from the thing you're doing, it's only going to slow you down or throw you off completely. I'm not saying cut them out of your life. I'm not saying that you need to like excommunicate that person. I'm just saying for right now while you finish. And maybe you're like, well, Rach, that person is my wife. That person is my husband. That person is my girlfriend. And you can't not interact with them. Okay. We know that in advance. Think back to what I was just saying, me getting up at 5 a.m., right? Me working on the project where I didn't have to hear that voice telling me those things. I was able to carve out time for myself. Now, just yes, obviously, that was not a healthy relationship to be in, but we're not going to take that on today. We're not going to talk about that. 
that's something for you to talk about with your therapist at a future date, if you've got some issues with that, your partner, whatever. Today we're just talking about how to finish. And how to finish might look like you carving out time by yourself so that you can be in the right headspace to do what you need to do. If at all possible, you want to surround yourself with people who have done the thing you are trying to do. You want to join a writer's group. You want to join a songwriter's group. You want to get into a band of people who are already publishing their work. You want to hang out with other artists. You want to hang out with other content creators, other leaders in their field. Even if it's just through consumption on social media and only if you can do that without comparing yourself. But arm your heart with examples of people who have done the thing you're trying to do. Right? Like... If I was back trying to run my first marathon, I would be only consuming content from marathon runners because it would be hyping me up for what it is. In fact, marathon running is a fantastic example of emotional energy at play. When you train for a marathon, which is 26.2 miles, you gotta run 26.2 miles. If I remember correctly, when you're training, you never actually run more than, I want to say, 22. When you're training for a marathon, you never run more than 22 miles in your training. You run your 22 miles like a week before. You do a couple like slower runs, shorter, much shorter runs in the week leading up just to keep your muscles engaged. But you never actually have run 26.2 miles until you do it at the marathon. The reason being is they always tell you, you don't believe it till you're in it, but it's 100% true, that the energy of the race, the vibration of the race will carry you the 4.2 miles additionally that you need to get to that day. But you don't want to run the full marathon before you're there. So they're like, oh, just get to 22 miles and then the energy of it will carry you over the finish line. It's the same thing when it comes to our friends or our family or the content we're consuming. You need good energy to get you there. You do not need them to motivate you. You do not need a cheerleader. You do not need someone telling you, oh, I know you can do this, baby. You've got it. That's another excuse. You believing that you've got to have a cheering section in order to do this thing is another excuse that you are telling yourself for why you can't finish. If you need a cheerleading section... You, you probably, unless you're just freaking blessed with the greatest partner, the greatest friends, or the greatest family, and maybe you are. If you need that, though, in order to get where you're trying to go, your odds are slim. Slim. Because the thing that you see, your family can't see. The vision that you have, that they're, you're like, oh, mom, I, yeah, I think I'm going to like build my own house. And they like, your mom's like, what? That's crazy. No one's ever done. Yeah, because God didn't give them your vision. Mama can't see what you can see. Your husband can't see what you can see. And it is not your job to try and convince them that your dreams are valid. It is your job to lean into your universe-given, source-given, God-given potential and the idea that you have in your heart. That's your job. Trying to convince somebody that your dream has value is a waste of your mother effing time. It's a waste of time. I have said this before many times because people would look at, you know, the family support or the support of a partner or whatever and be like, Rachel, how do I convince them that my dream is worthwhile? How do I convince? And I'm like, oh, you you do it. You finish the project. You prove it. Nobody, nobody got that I wanted to be an author until the first book was out. Nobody got that I wanted to write a second book or a third. Nobody in my life understood that. Now, when I had the sixth book and this, sorry, Jeffrey's in here. I don't know if you guys can see him. He's wearing a cone. He's officially worked up to a cone. Yeah, when the sixth book sold millions of copies and suddenly the in-laws and the partner and all the people who had 
either silently judged me or openly judged me or, you know, talked crap about it or all these things, suddenly the book's selling millions of copies and everyone's like, oh my, we knew it. We always knew it. We always knew that she was going to, I'm like, bitch, where, when, when did you know it? And look, I'm not even, whatever. Everybody's got their own stuff. Everyone's on their own journey. Jeffrey's on his own journey with shaking while wearing a cone. Everyone's got that. And I don't judge them. In fact, I'm grateful. Have you ever heard, I mean, if you haven't read it, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. If they had supported me, I don't know if I would have worked as hard. If they had believed in me, I'm not sure I would have gotten up at 5 a.m. Part of what kept me going, and maybe this is unhealthy and, you know, potentially something to talk about a therapist with again, but part of what kept me going was wanting to prove them wrong. That was huge for me. That was a fire in my belly. Not every part of me, but some little part of me knew, man, if I could just keep pushing, I'll eventually get there. The last thing that I'm going to tell you, the sixth thing, I wrote this all in caps. Go fucking do it. Go do it. That's it. Don't, don't listen to one more podcast. Don't watch one more video. Don't read one more book. Don't look for any other knowledge. Knowledge is not the key. What, what's, um, you know, knowledge is power. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. You don't need any more knowledge. You need a little grit. You need some tenacity. You need to be like scrappy-doo right now and just get it done. That's the key. You don't need any more advice. We don't need to keep having this conversation. You know in your heart, you got a fire in your belly. Go. Go do the thing. That's my idea. And that's today's episode. And now I'm going to go do the thing. I'm literally going to sit at my favorite coffee shop and I'm going to go write words like I promised that I would. And I'm going to go get it done. And I hope that this conversation today was really helpful for you. And I will ask if you got something out of it, will you share it? Will you send it to a friend who needs it? Will you post it on your social? Will you just put it out in the world? Share the message. I think that that's sort of the most unifying thing about this community. It's people from all over the world who are in this conversation with me. And the thing that I hear most from y'all is your leaders, your mamas, your daddies, your bosses, your managers. You are, you know, super involved in your local nonprofits or your teachers at school. But the thing that connects us all is our desire to acquire information that's going to help our lives become better and then to give it to others, to pass it out, to spread the word. So yeah, something is helpful. I hope that you will share it out in the world. I will be back soon with more information, with more conversation. But until then, I want you to remember always, 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 in case no one said it to you today. I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.